Very Bad Wizards is a podcast with a philosopher, my dad, and a psychologist, Dave Pizarro, having an informal discussion about issues in science and ethics. Please note that the discussion contains bad words that I'm not allowed to say, and knowing my dad, some very inappropriate jokes. Well, it's like a world full of people. There's so many people all with opinions and judgments and arrogance and theories. People who think that they help people. And they're pointless. None of them know anything. You might as well listen to a woodpecker pecking in a tree. Welcome to Very Bad Wizards. I'm Tamler Summers from the University of Houston. Dave, I need to know right now, are you a one or a zero? <laughs> you know, I, I can actually answer this. I am a one because uh, here's here's the little background. When Whenever we collect data from people and we collect like what sex people are, you have to put a code like, you know, assign a number. So... I assign a zero, a, a one for men and a zero for women, not because I'm sexist. That it wouldn't be for the reasons that you do it, but just because a one is like closer to a penis. So, so you the do one, the one that is more anatomically correct rather than the one you identify with. It's exactly. The gender that you identify. <laughs> That's actually yeah. what my penis looks yeah. like. It's approximately the same size as the twelve point Times New Roman <laughs> one. Oh yeah, that's really small. It's not small compared to ten point font. No, that's true. Um, I think, and I yeah, no, I know some ten point But Um, yes, (laughs) well, I don't. uh, I'm a one. I'm a really hard, stiff one for Mister Robot. (laughs) I am all in. Uh, I love it so much. It was a great pick, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna spoil Mister Robot. It's so freaking good. You you brought it up in the last episode as the TV show that you recommend that's philosophically, psychologically relevant, and it definitely is. But it's also fucking awesome. I just yeah, it love is. it. It's it's uh, and I'm 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 sort of happy that that I wasn't crazy in in my pick. Um, for what it's worth, like the reviews have also been pretty damn good. It's like really some, good. You know, it's like yeah. in the high nineties on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I'm at the point where I like it so much that I make it miserable for everybody else around me, how much I like it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, I like, like it's like The Wire, but live. Or like In Bruges was like this, where I, I saw it with Jen. You know, like, she liked it. She, was totally, she totally liked it a lot, but I liked it so much that she had to start sort of being like, hey, hey, you know, slow down. Like, <laughs> it's, it kind of ruined it for her how much I, lo- I like Bruton Bruges, and that's how I am about this. Like, I'm ruining it. For, uh, and, and we should say, so you already said it, but this is, you know, if you haven't watched it, probably don't listen to, to this. Like, go, like, pause, go watch it, because we're going to spoil it. I mean, there's nothing that, like, we, we are going to assume everybody's seen it. We're going to um, assume that you're caught up and that you've watched the first three episodes. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about three episodes. And another thing I want to say is it is, like I said before, it is a little weird talking about something with only three episodes when presumably there's going to be whatever, you know, 12 or something. Um, so I'm well, with there's you. Gonna I don't know. There's going to be like it already got renewed for a second season. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure how, you know, like how it will be. Uh, it, it does seem like it's hard to at least carry – um, th- this this particular storyline for that long, but, but I trust I, the, it. The, the... Like I have faith. They've already <laughs> broken a lot of the rules that I thought had to be followed, especially on like USA anal sex. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, was that anal? Um, I 
<laughs> so Tamler, you, earlier, earlier, Tamler sent me. Wait, I got to give my friend credit because he he okay. he has posted on Facebook. Justin Coates, he's a colleague here at University of Houston. He said this is why people hate philosophers, <laughs> and it's this article on Vox, the Ezra Klein online magazine, and I guess it, and so it has these these two grad students. And I'm sorry, I feel bad that they're grad students, but. They're adults, and they wrote this on on Vox. And two philosophers explain what Inside Out gets wrong about the mind. Right. And so I should say I have not seen Inside Out. Um, You have, but I don't think this conversation requires having seen it. At least it doesn't to me. Um, It requires you actually understanding, like, what's a movie and what's an article, like a peer-reviewed article. Right. So so clearly Inside Out did not uh, get peer-reviewed by philosophers of emotion or or, or psychology. <laughs> and as somebody, I got, as somebody who, who does, you know, part of what I do is psychology of emotion. Like, I've gotten a ton of people asking me, you know, what do you think about Inside Out? And and I can imagine that, that... Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that, that, you know, they are in some ways trying, like, they actually consulted with a couple psychologists, um, Dacker Keltner at Berkeley, um, was one of them and, and so you know I, I i imagine that they were attempting to not do a grave injustice to how emotion what emotions are and what they do but you know they wanted they did some research you know the people in finding nemo did research too you know they did <laughs> and it's not like people were writing articles saying here's what finding nemo gets wrong about the ocean uh number one <laughs> sharks don't talk and they can't be vegetarian schools you could never get anywhere with that fucked up little fin of his manta rays you don't be swimming in circles various species of fish and show them around the coral reef i mean you know like of course they're gonna do some research to try to get certain details right but now i think i mentioned in the last episode I didn't love Inside Out, but but that's character issues, story issues. It it has nothing to do with how accurately. For- I know, and to the question of how accurate is it, um, uh, I'll say wildly inaccurate because like emotions aren't little little guys and girls that talk to you. I mean, okay, so so, so here's what when when I first read this, I was, I thought I was thinking what they're doing is, and you know maybe the headline writers tried to make it a little bit more controversial. And but really what they're doing is saying, like, what it gets right, what's accurate about it and what isn't accurate about it. But then as you as you keep reading it, it's not anymore like they're using inside out as an opportunity to explain to you about the mind. They're actually like a little annoyed with inside outs, inaccurate portrayal of the mind. So it's misleading to say the least, to represent episodic memories as high-def records of things that actually happened that are crystal crystallized forevermore in discrete capsules. The idea that it's misleading, like that they're yeah. deliberately misleading the audience here, but this is my favorite sentence, and I, I just want your reaction to this. We also haven't addressed... We also haven't addressed, they haven't even addressed, don't get them started on this. The movie's utter disregard for the physiological or, quote, James Lang (laughs) theory of emotion, which states that our physiology, our actual physical stuff happening in our body causes our experienced emotions rather than the other way around. It's literally like, at that point, it's like a referee report. (laughs) That's reviewer two. It's Uh, reviewer two, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is uh <laughs> I'm sorry I really I'm reading it right now. The the, the outrage <laughs> for the utter disregard of the James Lang theory of emotion. <laughs> um, it's it's like they didn't even read Jesse Prince's book, you know? <laughs> you know, come on. It's it, unconscionable. Uh, like I would love for someone to to rewrite this in accordance with these criticisms <laughs> what that movie would look like like one of their complaints <laughs> like you said like that you know memory or, memory doesn't look like these high def orbs of like video you know so like <laughs> make some shitty ass video <laughs> they should have put sh- they should have put shitty low def video when they were doing memories uh, yeah anyway we don't 
my my uh, friend emailed me, and I just think this would be a funny thing. Maybe readers could do this. Uh, not readers, <laughs> listeners. He, he he did like a couple other ones. Star Wars inex- inexplicably <laughs> ignores the possibility of type type identity theory being true <laughs> when it treats R two D two as if he has a mind. <laughs> And then <laughs> Aeschylus should be ashamed since he fails to consider Earl Connie 1981's <laughs> argument against the possibility of genuine moral dilemmas. Uh, and I just think yeah. like you could do like I like I, another funny exercise would be to write that article, but just about like any other movie, literally any be, other movie. That would that would be hilarious. Ex Machina fails to take into account, you know. That Moore's law wouldn't allow for such rapid like processor speed and socially. it's but actually that one's been <laughs> way more reasonable. This is like that's totally the more entire reasonable. So the problem they didn't solve the problem of consciousness and like uh, you right. know and didn't or not not even solve but just take into account and give credit to like they're practically complaining about them not citing. I think that some somebody didn't uh, tell them that this isn't a documentary. <laughs> but why this movie rather than other Pixar movies? Are is this expectation even possible? Like, why didn't Vox when they came proposed it to them just laugh at? Them? You know, and I, I is it a parody that we're not getting? Like, <laughs> I just that just crossed my mind. Is it like a Onion article? We didn't get it. I I would feel embarrassed if that were the case but then after that embarrassment wore off so much better i would feel so much better (laughs) it's you know i mean shit like honestly more ink should be spent on why like in the cars movies like what the fuck happened to the humans like why like why are there cars (laughs) (laughs) and why do they have doors and that also uh, also just completely disregards type type identity theory Contrary to what the movie portrays, though, most car grills cannot open and close like a mouth. (laughs) Someone should do a Cars prequel where it just shows the cars just killing all the human beings. Like munching them and then like... Pixar needs to do that. And then like cleaning them up somehow because you don't see any trace of human beings (laughs) in Cars. Uh, All right. Let's talk about what we like. Let's talk about Mr. Robot, which we absolutely love. Employee number ER280652. Just a regular cybersecurity engineer. But I'm a vigilante hacker by night. I usually do this kind of thing from my computer, but this time I wanted to do it in person. I started intercepting all the traffic on your network. That's when I noticed something strange. That's when I decided to hack you. Evil Corp, the largest conglomerate in the world, a monster of modern society. I think you secretly hate it here. No, I love it here. <laughs> Exciting time in the world right now. Exciting time. What do you want from me? You sense something wrong with the world. You know it controls you and everyone you care about. You said there was a project. What's the project? What if you could set in motion the largest revolution the world will ever see? What are you talking about? The single biggest incident of wealth redistribution in history. This is it. Time to shut them down. Their networks are getting attacked. $13 billion. That's exactly how much they've lost. Who did this? Every record gone. One guy. The whole thing comes down. Oh, hi. Elliot. Just a tech. I'm so in the bag. Even though we're assuming that you've seen it, you want to give a little synopsis of... Uh... I guess. It's it's almost entirely from the perspective... I, I think in the pilot it might be entirely from the perspective of a character named Elliot who is a socially... He has... What's the word for what he is? I mean, he's definitely Aspergery. Right. What? I think that's what they're going for is like that sort of stereotypically geeky, techie kind of guy who has zero so- social skills and has to yeah. understand other human beings, 
through sort of his his analytic skills rather than through the natural intuitions yeah. that he you know that m- most other people have yeah um, and he has massive social anxiety and right. he works in a firm that is cyber designed for cyber security and it one of their clients is a corporation called ecore um uh, which is the uh, uh, a clear reference to enron like the right. way that even the logo looks, yeah the logo yeah, looks, lo- like the looks exactly logo. like enron and the, <laughs> I, I saw an interview or maybe a reddit ask me anything where they said they asked him like is it a coincidence that the e looks like the enron and he said no it's not a coincidence yeah and this is one of the nice things like they, they don't shy away from that sort of thing like there's not no right i mean there is one like i sort of respected them for this like even though i obviously sold my soul to apple like they're they're in in that first episode they you know they call out steve steve jobs for steve jobs, you know, yeah pr- producing a bunch of gadgets and convincing everybody to buy them like on the backs of like child labor you know, or, yeah or whatever <laughs> which you said is the worst job other than writing an article for a collective volume <laughs> on an earlier episode i i butchered it but it's one of the funniest lines you've ever had on on this podcast is that it's i i was saying that because i've hated steve jobs from like i didn't need this show to make me do that and <laughs> and you know i made a, a, a reference like that and, you, and your response was it's still better than writing a chapter for a collected volume as bad as it is to be like nine years old working 12 hour days in an <laughs> apple factory it's still better yeah you know one of the worst things is to have to cite something and put this volume like <laughs> wait you, you mean i gotta read the fucking drafts of everybody else who's contributing to this volume that's the lowest of the low right there it's the low. see um, chapter six this <laughs> elliot is this hooded recluse who who is clearly you you see from the very beginning he's clearly very talented very talented hacker there there's sort of a little bit in, of ambiguity in the in the beginning of whether this is going to be like preachy and emo it does you know if there's if there's one if if there's one flaw is preachiness and and it may not be a flaw it may be the tropish it's aware in a that, very yeah. con- in aware but you know there there are these like lo- sort of longish monologues of you know, society's just deluding itself into being comfortable, you know, That's and you're like, right. right. It's like the goth kids on South Park. <laughs> right. You, you guys just, right. It's very fight clubby in more ways than one. And I, we don't know. We were talking. We don't know if it's See, I really think it's cl- very yeah. aware, though, that you've seen Fight Club and that there are a bunch of things like just him with the Starbucks vanilla latte. It's like a direct reference to Starbucks. To Fight Club. Uh, I'm sorry, to, to Starbucks. To Fight Club, yes. <laughs> and also American Psycho in the third episode, too. I mean, like with that Tyrell character. It's yeah, definitely... Very American Psycho. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so, so okay. So, Elliot, um, one of the first things you learn is he uses talents for, for good. It's sort of vigilante. He's a he's a vigilante, right? So, he... Yeah. He uh, turns in all of this information. He he figures out that there is some weird traffic going on in the Wi-Fi for this coffee shop, and he figures out that the the proprietor of the coffee shop is actually um, running a sort of a online kitty porn ring, and so he calls the cops. And you know, essentially, it's a great scene because you know you're not you don't know who who he is, and he's very socially awkward and even talking to the guy, and the guy tries to play him a little bit. Elliot does tell him that that uh he he lost his father, I believe, and he's like, "Oh, tell like I'm sorry to hear that he's trying to plan a sympathy, then he immediately turns and is like, "I'll give you money, whatever you want and then you know Elliot says. I don't. I don't want money. He's already. He's already called the police, and he, you know, anonymously tipped them off and yeah. gave them. He explains that he gave him enough evidence to put him away for good, and and there is a way in which he's unlikable and sometimes just downright creepy, and maybe wrong. But so you think he, does he should have let the things. child? Oh, okay. Sorry. No, no, no. So, yeah. so yeah, he uh, wants to do the right thing. He he wants to do the right thing, and. But you're you almost realize that he's it's so he says, you know, I wish it, if it had been anything but 
but child porn, like I might not have given a fuck. It was right. child porn. You so crossed sorry. the line. Yeah, you crossed the line, right? This this comes in later with uh, Shayla and that drug dealer. Like he was willing for the drug dealer to like kind of intimidate Shayla and push her around a little bit because that's where he gets his drugs. Like he's a drug right. addict. He's a morphine so she, addict. Right. But then right. when he raped her, that was too far. Yeah. Let's, let's explain. Shay- Shayla is this sort of no. his his personal drug dealer slash. So he's a drug yeah. user, and yeah. his neighbor provides him with the drugs, uh, which is morphine. And this is a great idea. I assume you've already made some <laughs> phone calls. You do morphine, but first of all, you you're very strict with yourself how much you use, and then you have a morphine withdrawal medication. Um, that you also take so that you don't keep taking more morphine. Now, of course, right. he that doesn't hold up for him, so it's not infallible, but it's a good idea. Right. And that uh, he doesn't uh, want to fuck with that because it's 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 working out well for him, and he sees this drug dealer kind of rough up his uh, downstairs neighbor, or at least not rough her up, but at least kind of be very aggressive with her. And he says, I don't want to mess that up because then I'm not going to get my drugs. But then you find out this is in the second episode that he's raped her and that then he turns him in. That's too far. Right. And uh, but but notably, he knows that his gang is probably responsible for a lot of murders. Um, And and I think what I was pointing to before is that, like, he's doing good things, but the way. The only reason he can turn in this guy or the other guy is that, like, he is totally, uh, creepily, whoever he meets or has any personal connection to, he just starts, like, hacking into their shit, right? So his therapist, uh, who's trying to help him out, he knows everything about her because he's gotten all of her passwords and sees, like, who she's dating knows who the you know that the guy that she's dating is actually married to someone else and she doesn't know it so before knowing that somebody is actually morally uh deserves moral condemnation he is acquiring information about them through shady means and he's being like you know creepily keeping tabs on his therapist presumably because he cares about her but not not yeah, really. He's you kind get of s- protective. Uh, yeah. Certainly, the actions that he takes based on that are, are protective, and I don't see any ulterior motive for him to do that. I think that that um, there is a way in which, sort of central to Elliot's character, is his his vigilantism and his. So they use they use a trope um, to establish that. Elliot is a good guy, and the trope is the sort of the saving the dog, right? Right. And the the way that people treat dogs in TV shows is actually called a trope, TV trope that uh, I was listening to another podcast talking about this, and it's called the shoot the dog trope. If you shoot, shoot a dog, dog you, you're dog, only allowed to do, yeah, exactly. Uh, you're you're really only allowed to shoot the dog if you're really morally justified, and if not, that's like just one way to show you you're a psychopath. So they really go out of their way to to make him, you know, he takes down kitty porn. I mean, how how more justified can you get? He saves the dog. And the other really, guy, like, is bad. Yeah, and the, the other guy's, like, hanging the, the dog. Psychiatrist, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the psychiatrist's boyfriend, yeah. Yeah. But then the next case. episode, very realistically, you see him sort of having to deal with the real-life repercussions of, of dog ownership, and he's kind of, like, ignoring the dog. Oh, yeah, and he's ignoring the dog. I, I feel as if his 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 morals are not... I think they give us hints that he's not a good dude and that that he is just sort of using I, I think that he's using morality as an excuse to be just like fucking with people's lives. Right. To the extent that he can do it to people who deserve it, then great. But I, I think it's a clear moral violation that he's like creepily like stalking his psychologists privately. So, I mean. I think he's a flawed character and he's a damaged character, but I don't think like you're harder on him as a character than I am. I think there's a vulnerability to him. There's a sort of desire to within limits do the right thing. Like he doesn't seem like he's any worse than a lot of people I know. That's bad that he hacks into people, but that's even that is part of a defense mechanism of not being able to read them or understand them. 
and he wants to understand them. Okay, and he wants so, to sometimes help them, and that's he can't help them except by doing that, and so that's what he does. I, I mean, I think that he sees that he's seeing people as as a problem to be solved, and the people with which he has a, some personal connection with, he's like trying to solve their problem. But yeah. but but here's I think what we we need to take seriously the implication that Christian Slater is not real, and the implication would be that he is a manifestation of Elliot. And so the decision that Elliot makes at first to not do an, a thing that would actually kill people, right? Right. He's morally opposed to this, is merely arguing with the other aspect of his identity that really wants to take carry out this plan, yeah. right? And... And if what if some aspect of him really wants to carry out this plan and kill people and is is actively setting up the stage, he wants like to setting, get rid of all the world's debt. No, 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 he does. But posturing that he's morally opposed to it when he's the when it is Elliot yeah. who has morally presented it as as the option. You can't so, make an omelet without breaking a few <laughs> eggs. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is he comes across <laughs> as somebody who's very rule and honor bound, and he's actually just a consequentialist <laughs> he's... I, well i think he's uh he's torn in both directions he has like you know he's like the josh green he maybe person. they should have just called him system one and called uh called mr <laughs> yeah. uh, christian slater system two and then That's it right. would have at least been more accurate it would have been a nod and they could cite i would like to see footnotes at every key stage in the plot uh that that properly reference in in apa format <laughs> what it, it is interesting i think it says a lot about i don't know like how much you like this the elliot character i really it, like him i i just think that he is an exa a good example of self-deceptive the self-deceptive nature of people doing more like moral good really to scratch that itch that he has which is yeah i mean i think that like but he's not pretending to be a utilitarian like he's not he's not so deluded as to think i'm increasing the net happiness of the universe <laughs> no, a mean. lot of the time like some of the time he just admits that it's purely selfish like i want my drugs i'm not ready to see like what angela's next boyfriend will will be like you know like uh i just want my hospital records clean so so i don't think he's it's not like some of these people where they sort of pretend to be doing good for the sake of doing or or doing things for the sake of the greater good, but actually they're just doing it for themselves. He's often just doing these things for themselves. And then when it comes to the like stuff that he does that he does think is for the greater good, like the hacking into people, I think he sincerely believes that, you know, like I think he really does believe that that psychiatrist is better off without that guy and she and and she is he's right yeah you know yeah he's just he just had to be creepy to figure it out in the first place and i right. think that he's yeah. just getting his kicks from like you know digging into her life um it's, you think he gets kicks out of that see that's what i don't get i think that's I the get... only i think that's the only way that he that he he feels as if that that is his interaction his social interaction is reading through people's online trails, their profiles, their everything they leave. That's that's how he feels like that's that's what he says to Shayla. I mean, he, when he's narrating uh, when he's talking to Shayla, he says she says you don't know me and he's like I know everything about Shayla, right? And and, and that's that's, that's when she yeah. interrupts him, right? Right, right. Yeah. I, I feel like you that's can, his think his it's social going off into one of those like little flashback like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, totally. Like, things and then she's just like, "No, I don't mean that." You know, and it like just, just it totally just blows his mind that that somebody has something that's not on. But again, I don't think that it's uh like like I think you're right, except the part about getting your kick his kicks out of it. Like I wouldn't describe it that way. I think it's just his only way of interacting with people is doing that. It's the only yeah. way he can try to understand them. That's why the thing with Tyrell fucked him up so badly is right. that he couldn't do that with right. Tyrell. Okay, my my minimal claim is then simply that you might be confused at first into thinking that he is a, uh, a 
really sort of somebody who's morally heroic and actually he's just as you say like everybody else he's just like he's getting it but but if you were to take some of those actions in isolation without like the kitty porn and the dog you would be like oh dude this guy is creepily like you know hacking into his friend's personal life you know yeah um yeah, no, I agree. So I guess we should say that, like, you know, Mr. Robot is the central plot point is that he discovers that a hack has occurred at this big E Corp, which is called Evil Corp. And um, well, no, no, in no the pro- it's not called Evil Corp. No, no, it's which, just called Evil Corp in the show because he says, the- which is actually interesting that it just tracks that way because of how much he hates that. And this, I think, is an interesting clue in terms of what's going on in in the show is that everybody just calls it Evil Core. Like, there's not a single character on the show that doesn't just call it Evil Core, which gives you a little hint. Even even some of the ads, when you see it, show Evil Core. And you know, you've known from the beginning that it was It's a classic, unreliable narrator, right? Yeah. So you're right. We don't have to summarize too much. But Christian Slater plays, like presumably the leader of this hacker group that has has uh, been discovered by Elliot. And they're tapping him to help them take down Evil Corp. And I think the central mystery, at least from the beginning, is, is wait, is Christian Slater a real guy? He wears this Mr. Robot jacket, and presumably it's, you know, he is Mr. Robot. Um, but they're fucking with us, and I think immediately making us think, like, this is Tyler Durden. Right. This show fucks with you in so many different ways at the level of the writing and at the level of the filming of it. I mean, just like the herky jerky kind of filmmaking and the the and I think the very conscious tropes and homages to other movies and other shows and the music and the way they film any scene with Christian Slater or some of these other characters that like yeah. I, I'm definitely like you'll see when we when we talk about who's real and who isn't that I have some crazy fucking theories that okay, good. I feel like this thing that this show has, it wants you to do that. It wants to trip you out a little bit so that you're not sure what's real and what's not. And you start questioning yourself and thinking that maybe you're crazy. Well, we're assuming everybody's seen this. So forgive our assumptions. If you haven't go watch it. No, no, we already said it's a spoiler. Uh, yeah, forgive, for, yeah. So, so I don't even forgive us at this point. Like now, this is totally your fault. Getting mad I, at us I after I, we told I, you it was a spoiler. How dare you? I was watching this third episode just right now, and I'm like, I'm like tempted to pause and look at frames because this is when we found out totally. that the hacker, his his friend. Um, uh, Darlene, who is one of the hackers of this society, where we're not sure if she, at first, at least, it was I'm not sure if she's real or not. But then in this third episode, all of a sudden, she she's totally real because his other friend, the drug dealer, interacts with her, or at least acknowledge. Well, sorry, agno- she doesn't does interact, she but she agno- <laughs> no, she acknowledges. She said, "What is she talking about?" And this is where I was getting it. Like she actually looks in her direction as she's leaving the room. All right, so so here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to take a quick okay. break, and then when we come back, I want to go through every character. Re- real or not? <laughs> real or not real. Yeah, exactly. Real or not real. What are the reasons that make you think they're real? What are the reasons to think they're not real? And then we can also talk about the characters themselves, because the show has a lot of interesting characters, real or not. So let's, so let me take, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Very bad wizards. Uh, just really quickly, since we're trying to make this a, a short show, uh, but we don't want to make it short enough that we don't thank you guys for your support. 
Thank you again for the PayPal donations, the reviews, the uh, use of the Amazon link to support us. Um, you can find all that on our on our website, verybadwizards.com slash support. Email us, verybadwizards at gmail.com. Uh, tweet us at Tamler at peas at verybadwizards. We appreciate it all, and we read everything, even though we can't respond to everything. Tell me one thing, Elliot. Are you a one or a zero? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Are you a yes or a no? Are you going to act or not? I think you you point out that these are three episodes and there's too much plot to summarize. So let's just get straight to... Your the crazy characters. conspiracy theories and the characters. Oh, because the okay, characters, so let's the... just first go through the characters, and I'll just ask you. Well, uh, what, you know what? One of the things that this show gets really wrong is is not acknowledging that this is all fake. <laughs> I really it doesn't, they like, had... <laughs> doesn't acknowledge Barkley. Yeah, Bishop Barkley said this way long time ago. <laughs> um, and it's like the utter disregard also putnam 1984 <laughs> like brayden Avat. so i think the one that's <clears throat> the way they're filming it and just knowing that we've all seen fight club the one that seems almost obviously not real is mr robot christian slater it's it's really interesting the way they film him even when he was on screen other characters wouldn't acknowledge him and everything made sense if he wasn't there like everything that people said made sense if he wasn't there or if he wasn't talking right and it's i mean it's clever enough because it is in the middle of new york city and there's plenty of uh uh, chances that somebody's just not going to be looking at you so it's it's not as if they're hitting you over the head too hard with it but I think that it really is. A, 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 Once an it gets planted mind. in your mind, it then really does seem obvious. Like, and the, yeah. the, even in the hacker, you know, the scenes in the Coney Island video the he- game headquarters. Parlor. Yeah. yeah that, by the way, how about that third man little oh, Ferris wheel I know. trip? Isn't that oh. great? I actually think it was it it was somewhere in the second episode where I said if Christian Slater's character is real, that would be a huge twist. Uh, right. Up till like maybe a, a I don't know like a little bit into the second episode, you could still be a reasonable person and think that he was real, but then they f- it's like super duper Fight Clubby. Well, it's more extreme than Fight Club because in Fight Club. Tyler Durden will talk to people and interact with them. And the, the, the twist is that it's actually the Edward Norton character that's talking to them. In this, he won't even talk to people. Like, right. he won't say anything. Nobody acknowledges his existence. So it's actually whatever the rules for Fight Club were, they're different, assuming that Mr. Robot's not real. It's, like, even right. more extreme that... They can't even acknowledge that he's in the room at all, and yeah, that like you're, the Apple you're right. He has not scene, talked. He has not received a response from any single person except for Elliot. Except for Elliot, yeah. The, when he comes to the office, that's like at that point, it's like okay. For all the dumb people who still think that he might be real, I'm going to put him in an office where everyone's paranoid about like security, right. and no one will notice that he's there. Especially. Uh, that it's cybersecurity, and I couldn't help but note that they even notice when Elliot is dressed kind of sloppily, and here's this guy right. wearing, like, this really shitty... So here's my more crazy theory about Mr. Robot. Not that he's not real. I think that's the only sane theory to have at this point. But that he is a representation of his father. This was something that I thought of in episode two, and that got reinforced to me right at the end when he said, when he says to him, did you ever think your father was right? At the end, you find out that he made a promise to his dad not to say anything about the fact that, you know, even though his dad worked at Evil Corps and got leukemia and the son knew when he was eight and the dad made him promise not to say, but he got scared and he told their mother. The dad never talked to him again and pushed him out a window. And he tells that story, and then Mr. Robot pushes him off the ledge. So, representation of his dad? I I had the same thought um, in episode three, and and I was trying to make it fit because it's not. I mean, other than sort of in in the Freudian way, 
right, where you might have an unconscious internalization of your dad. I was like, well, why would his dad, why would he represent his father as a hacker? But it does seem to me that, like, everything, for every reason that you pointed to, there is there is something where, you know, his dad, his dad was a thief, right? <clears throat> Did he say this? That was uh, Mr. Robot that said that. Right. Ah, that was in the first yeah, episode. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about yeah, that yeah. though. Right. That he was a right. petty thief. And and now that you say this, you know, one of the first things we hear Elliot say about his father is when he says that his father uh, was the only person who ever understood him, the only person he could ever talk. To. Yeah. And in there is this mirror way in which this is representing. They have a special connection and a connection, you know perhaps that he seems as you even say more more physically comfortable with with uh mr robot or christian slater except um, when he's getting pushed off a ledge except when he's getting pushed into off. the 25 feet into the it is a, actually yeah. a hilarious little scene all uh, right uh darlene i think darlene is when you start like i think this is what separates people who watch the show really carefully from people who don't i think a lot of people just take for granted that darlene is real she's the sort of hot valley girlish woman that's part of the F society, the hacker organization. And I think a lot of the obvious Christian Slater isn't real things are meant to mask that Darlene also isn't being interacted with by any of the other people except for Elliot and Mr. Robot. While you're focused on the fact that they're not really acknowledging Christian Slater, they're also not really acknowledging Darlene, although it's less... There's a couple things that might be a little bit trickier, but they could go either way. Now, in the third episode, as you alluded to in the first segment, it, there's something where the neighbor doesn't interact with her, but seems to acknowledge her presence, right? Yeah, she does. And she says, what is she talking about? First, she says, what's what's going on? And that is not a clear acknowledgement because you're like, well, maybe she realizes that he's acting kind of weird. Um, but yeah. then she said, then her head follows Darlene as she walks out. And and then at, after she walks out, she, she, she said, what was she talking about? Right? And so <clears throat> I almost feel like it would be dis dishonest for that to happen, given how careful they've been with Mr. Robot. With Christian. So here's my only sort of Darlene is still not real defense. When she said, what was she talking about? And could she possibly be talking about the psychiatrist who has who was in the hospital earlier. In other words, if Darlene's not there and he's just kicking her out, as he kicked out, you know, Mr. Robot of his office, like it seems like every once in a while these people pop in and he just wants them out, you know, like he doesn't want them right. there now, these yeah. people in his head. So it could be that she's referring to the psychiatrist. Gun to your yeah. head, is Darlene real? I, I mean, I, I, th I think, but again, it's because I, I think that episode three was meant to disambiguate that. And I, I, I do. But it could. They, there were so many ways to do it more clearly. She still didn't but, talk to anybody. She didn't. But the fact that she she did say, what is she talking about? And that she followed her visually as she walked out. I feel like that's the sort of thing that had to be inserted intentionally. And it it would feel like they're breaking their own rules, um, but is uh, but you're right. I mean, who who uh, like I don't know. But gun to my head, right for right now at the end of episode three, I'm saying that they intended to give us a clue that she actually is, might be real. Um, I'm going to say no, but it's okay. close. I'm I'm ner really nervous as I'm pulling the trigger. Okay. Uh, next one is again. I don't think a lot of people have even considered this, but I certainly have Tyrell the evil core executive who's been in every episode and seem he's a Swedish he's a Swede he seems like and and his accent gets more and more Swedish like in the first episode you barely notice that he and then by the end he's like like the Swedish meatball chef 
in the Muppets. Swedish Chef, yeah. Yeah. He's like, <clears throat> yeah, and episode three was a lot of character development for this guy. So you find out that he, yeah. he is, at the very least, bisexual, um, cheating on his wife with another guy. You don't know whether he's he did that only for manipulation purposes. And if he did, that's some commitment right there. Right. That's, no, I think you do. You were meant to think that, you know, in the same way as like Sexy Beast, you know, where that guy needs to uh-huh. have like en- like a, a safe deposit box, you know, he needs entry into that. So he'll just get fucked by this this guy who owns the bank. I think that's what you're meant to think. Yeah. And even says like there. he's going there for work. He, You know, he's yeah. not lying. He says, I'm going. I got it. I, got I, I think the thing that you realize is that the wife might be behind it all. You know, by the end right. of the episode, I think you think that that it's actually she's the one that's pulling the strings. Now, here's the things that make me feel like she he's not real. Number one, in, in their in their interactions in the office and the pilot. Like he's sort of with them and he sort of really knows Elliot sort of like he he picks out that Elliot is good right away. They have this weird conversation and where, you know, they talk about Linux. I'm sure that like meant a lot to you. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't (laughs) Linux, whatever. And but then and then he goes and rejoins them. But it seems very like fishy, like, you know, who this guy is. But Tyrell has interacted with with Elliot with his wife and with the boss in the, in the in the third episode where he's trying to get to become CTO and with the assistant in the office. Yeah, no, that's true. And in episode three, it opens with him trying to get that job. It would be weird. Yeah, it would be. Except here's my crazy theory. Did you notice that <laughs> this is fucked up? I'm just going to say, like, I might be crazy. But, you know, in the first episode, he says, like, bonsoir, Elliot. It's like mm-hmm. the middle of the day, but he says bonsoir. Like, he speaks bad French to him. In the second <laughs> episode, Christian Slater says, yeah, some people are going to might die. It's war. And he says, c'est le, c'est le monde instead of uh, c'est la vie. Right. Oh, yeah. And so I, they're both I, examples of, like, using a French expression but using it incorrectly. So then I thought, what if they are both projections of his dad, but like different sides of his dad, you know, like the ambitious side that really wanted to get CTO for evil core. And then the more edgy, dangerous side that wanted to bring the whole thing down. And so, okay, but then how do you explain all the scenes with his wife and all that stuff? That's just him imagining sort of what his dad was willing to do. And the mother, who seems like a really dark, fucked up character, like you get you get little memories of his mother, flashbacks of his mother. And Tyrell's wife could be that like that could be when she's pregnant right there. This is I'm telling you, I'm off the deep end. But when she's pregnant right there, that could be Elliot inside of her. I feel uh, okay to, to be. Uh, like that's Elliot call, a, in her belly. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna title this episode: "The Tamler Smoked Too Much Weed and Watched Mr. Robot." <laughs> <laughs> All those things are true. Yeah, I feel like this this level of 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 deception. I, I feel like that he would be the 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 director or the writers would be severely violating their own rules um, and would have set up some rules for no good reason. Because if you can interact with Elliot not around with other characters and not be real, then, you know, then then talk about Bishop Barkley. Right. I mean, then but at what this if point, there's his just memories no, there's, or his there's, like, what if you're his memories or his projections about like family members? That would yeah, seem like what, it would be a legitimate exception. But what would constant what would be evidence that somebody is real? You know, we we have no would it, would they have to you know interact with with other people in the presence of Elliot? I, it's it's unclear. What, yeah, you know. maybe or I don't know. Like, but I think there are like I don't get the sense of what the rules are. Like no, that's partly we, we what's cool of this show. Yeah, we don't. It's and it's and it, credit to the show. It's uh, the, that feeling of n- not fucking knowing what's going on, and it's it's almost like. There's the scene where Tyrell comes home and his wife wants to have sex and she's just laying down in bed and she makes him uh, 
tie her up with 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 red silk scarves and and then at the end to put a ball gag in her and it's a level of absurdity through this this weird yeah like this weird swedish like uh executive who's into linux light bondage and beating up bums for money right like he's, <laughs> he's i mean like, right, it would be weird if that was real right i mean right. that would be fucked up too I mean, if you were German, it would all make sense. Then, then it's like, well, yeah, of course, it's fucking German. It's like, what do you expect? <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't mention that at the very, very opening of the episode, he's frustrated because he didn't get a promotion. He wanted to be the C- the CTO, which is what the guy who who got um, who went to jail Colby. for Colby was the CTO. He wanted to take his job, and he doesn't. So the way that he uh, the way that he releases his, his frustration is apparently something he's done before. He goes and finds a homeless guy, um, pays him three hundred bucks just to let him like take punches. And if that is not we- if that is not weak sauce for a human being to do, you know, I respect him more if he just jumped out of the car and and randomly started attacking a homeless person. I would at least say he's putting himself at some risk to do something crazy, <laughs> but he's like paying this guy to not hit him back. That's what I'm saying. It's like so fucked up that you could see it being a sort of especially perverted projection of Elliot's parents. And like I said, I think Terrell would be one side and Mr. Robot would be the uh, the other side. And the pregnant thing is what sort of made me think I'm right. But you're right that it would violate it would just make you not have any grounding. It would make yeah. you not know anything. But I think that show, the show is good about that. Like in the second episode when he's on this real bad morphine kick, I think at that point things do get crazier. You know, like things do get more fucked up. Yeah, like I yeah, think that drug dealer is real. But I don't think that scene in, the, in Shayla's apartment with the drug dealer happened. Because that scene is a messed up scene, and and that drug dealer is saying stuff like, I mean, you remind me of me when I was younger, and, like, I hated myself, like, and he's very eloquent, well-spoken. It strikes me that it, what really happened in that scene is yeah. that he came and found Shayla, and she was in the bathtub, and she had been raped and beaten, and the scene itself <laughs> didn't happen. And they do a good job of, also, I think, you know, in the first episode, he knows that he is suffering from delusions. Yeah. And he admits this. And I think that we really are meant to to take with a grain of salt that some of the things that he is seeing when he's on morphine. On the other hand, part of me thinks maybe he's not actually delusional at all, right? Maybe, like, because, uh, you know, one of the themes is he keeps Maybe seeing, the world the is first just episodes, that fucked yeah, up. Yeah, is that he keeps seeing these, like, sort of men in black characters who are, who are following him around. And then those turn out to, you know, we don't know if, like, when they took him to the boardroom, you know, it, like, it really was a... When the guy uh, makes a JFK reference. I'm not going to lie, but that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that he hasn't seen the JFK. <laughs> yeah, watch it. Just watch. Uh, All right. So the psychiatrist, I think she's real. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't she's see real. Any reason. I, I, yeah. And he's creepily hacked into all of her stuff. And one of the scenes, one of the other vigilante scenes that we get is him, him making her boyfriend, uh, essentially blackmailing her boyfriend into admitting that he's married and has been cheating. Um, Here's an argument, by the way, for Tyrell being w- real that I didn't think of, which is that that scene where he, he hacks into Tyrell. First of all, it'd be weird to hack into somebody's life who wasn't real. But then right. he finds like really good stuff and then just fries his laptop in the microwave <laughs> right? because he gets so paranoid. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So and I will say that I think one of the things that we're we're being we're being taught is that the only things that we can probably trust to be real are things that are on computers for him right i think that he and he's he's expresses some surprise at the end that um darlene has this hobby of like whatever crocheting or whatever the fuck that's called shayla where sorry shayla shayla has this this hobby he 
almost doesn't believe it because it wasn't on any of her online data. And he, yeah. he sort of has this firm belief that it, if it's model. real, it has to be it has to be on on Facebook or whatever. But I do think that we're meant the only yeah. that the only reliable sources of information coming into him are what's on the computer screen. That scene with Shayla, the way they film that is really cool because, and the way they he writes it, he starts in one of his things where he reveals how much he has, and usually that goes into you finding out some like private secret thing. But but she actually interrupts him as he's yeah. going into one of right. those uh, things, and totally. she says, "No, it's not what you find online. Like this is just something right. about me." And that's like the debugging thing where. You know, like, this is his problem. He can't figure out what makes people tick. He can't figure it out unless he hacks into their life. And it drives him crazy when when uh, when he can't. I think that's a running theme on the show, that when somebody can't figure out where the other person's vulnerability is, that's exactly, always bad. Right. His, his, his theory of bugs, which got a little bit, a little bit annoying. Um, Heavy hand. The whole, the, yeah, the whole third episode is, like, describing... You know, using this metaphor of a bug in a computer program, and his bug has been discovered. It's his vulnerability to his father, and that's how that's how they got they manipulated him into doing what he would otherwise not have done. I I, I read a nice blog post that that you think that because Christian Slater is wearing a jacket that says Mr. Robot, that that's the eponymous character, um, but really Mr. Robot best best describes Elliot, uh, and you can imagine this being just the sort of insult that that uh, school kids would give somebody who's so socially awkward and nerdy and brainy. And he tries to have tight control over everything in his life. Um, You know, he's compulsive about knowing everything that he can about everybody. And he gets really frustrated when he can't find something, can't find a piece of information. And he even treats his own body, you know, as, as as a machine, you know, here's the ratio of morphine to other drug that I'm going to take and gets frustrated when he loses control of his own, you know, addiction to morphine. And yeah. so Mr. Robot really is a reference to his 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 personality. Yeah. I, I agree. And that makes sense. Also, even if it is Christian Slater, if, right. you know, Christian Slater is from a projection of him, like on IMDb, it says that Mr. Christian Slater is Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah. That that, wouldn't, you know, like go against assuming that he's not real. And it would be like, I think that one of the big disappointments of the show would be if he was real at this point, because then it's just fucking with you for the sake of fucking with you. Like True Detective having. Spoiler. Oh, yeah. Man, that is you can't but whatever. You gotta, like, you can't. all right, I'll cut that out. But whatever, like that was so. Let's just not even talk about that. Angela, Angela, um, real again. Like if Angela is not real, then then it's the just then, then, solipsistic then entirely. But I will say that she acts a little strange in the end of the third episode. All of a sudden, she gets kind of creepy. Yeah, at the dinner party. No, at the, at, you know, like when, so you find out it's this huge revelation that both her mom and Elliot's dad died of leukemia, that, and this was a massive cover-up that Evil Corps did that right. was initiated by Terry Colby. So again, more uh, reason to suspect that Elliot is behind the frame totally. Terry Colby All of a thing. sudden you've gotten yeah. motivation there, right? But then at the same time, Angela... Mm-hmm. Um, her uh, boyfriend, who is also probably real, but can't be as much of a douche in real life, because there are no people who only speak in like douche lingo, right? <laughs> like everything is, hey bro, <laughs> hey buddy, like hey, like oh, I got this Groupon, like you know. What are the, the what is the band that he like when you see like the likes on his Facebook page? <laughs> No, I only have 48 <laughs> Twitter followers, but, but it's growing, and I've got some tastemakers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, he's so ridiculous. Part of it is being an unreliable narrator, as with, as with the gang leader. Um, and with it, you, you, you think that what we're seeing is a distilled caricature of what, how Elliot views these people. That's Not right. as exactly. they really are, because who talk about, like, the, 
just the 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 most tropish gang character from you know from like a mid 90s like movie about inner city gangs you know yeah (laughs) it would be really bad writing if if the people actually talked that way it would be like the movie crash you know the oscar winning (laughs) crash right right? where everybody talks in like these ridiculous cliches and and care and and you know stereotypes and caricatures but but you know that the that this show is not like that because you've seen that it no I understands what good writing is. Exactly. So he's gotten unfortunately hacked into by the it, it seems like the dark army, and then Angela seems to suggest uh, that even though she now knows that he's cheated on her, that maybe they should hack their own company. Uh, all safe you know right, like right. that's what and she it, starts talking a little crazy at the end and and i'm trying to remember did did the 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 person who hacked into her boyfriend's account and revealed that she was cheating that was the rapper was he trying to blackmail him into putting something into all safe into computer all safe, system so putting it right okay. yeah and so she and he actually doesn't want to do it like right. that's why he tells angela that he's cheated on her is that he doesn't want to betray his own company. And at like the end, that. you know, it's she says she forgives him, but I, I, I don't believe it, right? I mean... She doesn't talk like she's really forgiving no, him. No, no, no. She talks like she's trying a different strategy now. Yeah, like, right. that's that's what she's talking like. Yeah. So setting it up so that she wants to take down Allsafe, and and we have reason to believe that that um, it's not in Elliot's interest to, you know, Elliot... Elliot's going to be taking down Ecor. It's it's it's, a, it's, it's all re- fucked up. It's all fucked up. Get We're going to find out. I'm going to be mad if we find out that it's all the same. That Elliot and Angela are the same person. Right. <laughs> no, I know. Like, but like anything's possible. I'm so on board with the show that you know, like, it would take a lot to disappoint me uh, at this point. Like, <laughs> right. it, like, and and I would still be grateful just for these three. Gideon's real. We don't really have to talk about him. That's the he's he's gay, as he mentioned. Um, Hilarious. And, Do you know I'm gay? It's 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 one of those where like you know Elliot so doesn't pay attention to anything that that he. You know, but also, uh, it's like he's so socially awkward anyway. And then that scene is very awkward, right. even if you're not socially awkward. Just him saying that kind of out of the blue. It's a non sequitur. By the way, we we did our little jokes about you and I getting married, and I had to. And, and then in between that and us releasing the episode, Supreme Court just legalized marriage in every single state. So that's, that's, it's kind that's, of <laughs> unbelievable. That's that's what are you? We caused it. We can we, we <laughs> very bad listeners. Now we have to get married. <laughs> no, no, no it's, I, obli- I think it's obligatory. Or we have to at least bake a cake for a wedding, gay wedding. Right. I think. Is right. The, is the um, but yes, I am. I, I am happy for humanity. That I am been fixed. Um, we have a couple, two gay families on our street, and it's weird. Like I don't know if I should say, "Hey, congratulations, <laughs> congratulations." No, I think you uh, should just so find the the divorce lawyers and congratulate them for having like <laughs> just doubled their potential business. Not, I know, not it's, certainly it's not doubled, huge. but. <laughs> Here's the one that would disappoint me the most if he wasn't real, the Asian guy. <laughs> the guy who says, Why would someone that? is straight up finger blasting the entire network right now. That guy. <laughs> uh, he's What's his name? Uh, what a great guy. Um, yeah. So, okay, I'm on board of saying Christian Slater, not real. The only other real question is Darlene. Maybe some of the I I believe the other F Society hackers, um, you know they have a real. Yeah, I, I believe they're real. But all right, so he I I see. I don't think that it's just Miss Christian Slater, and I think one of the reasons I don't think that is because then it's too much of a Fight Club ripoff. Like I, I think it wants to take Fight Club to a new level, a new, weirder, more sort of twisted, more sort of distorted reality level and so i i think darlene or tyrell or or something i think where it's not just gonna be fight club but with a computer hacker 
I just that don't would be that, that that actually is the one way that it could be just disappointing. And I cannot believe that the promise that it's dangling is that it is so original as to be able to flirt with bla- being blatantly derivative. Yeah. But it's too creative in all of the other ways for the writers to not be creative enough to give us something interesting. And just shove it in your face, yeah. the degree to which you think that that he's not real. Like, if you're just paying attention to the show, you're meant to think that he's not real. So yeah. there's got to be something else going on. I, and I... I if if you if you don't believe me, go back and watch the scene in episode two with Darlene and Mr. Robot, the duck hunting scene, and tell me if you don't think that's a misdirection of drawing your attention to how much Christian Slater is not interacting with the people to also so that you don't notice the extent to which Dar- Darlene is also oddly not interacting with the other hackers. Let's and, pull- and, yeah. Let's just make it interesting. 20 bucks on Darlene being real. 20 bucks? I'll do that. So that was our <laughs> mini episode. That was our mini episode. <laughs> <laughs> AI next time will be episode 152. We'll be like, so we're going to have Josh Weisberg on for our next episode. Yeah. I'm pretty what? sure. Well, thank you. I hope you. I hope this was interesting for you. I love talking about Mr. Robot. So. And if you've listened this long. Uh, presumably you love <laughs> you love it too so go go smoke a fat joint and tell us who you think is real as and for me i'm gonna go do some morphine and take a nap